warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. It's the Real Britannia podcast, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Hi, Scott here. With me today, Stephen. Good morning, sir. Morning, mate. How are you doing on this uh, weird circumstances that we have? It's very bizarre. I mean, this this episode is probably not going to go out for six or seven weeks, I'm assuming, because of the backlog uh, and the Easter special that we've recorded and things like that. So, who knows? We're into week two of the lockdown it's coming into week three as of tomorrow it started to feel a bit like you know that period you get between christmas and new year that i think they call it winterval now or something perineum yeah <laughs> that's the one oh, well now it's sort of dragging into summer holidays sort of feeling now and i'm suffering i'm, I'm getting i'm not getting bored i'm getting going a bit stir crazy at the moment but thankfully Thanks to Skype and podcasting, I'm keeping my brain active, which is good, which is good. How about yourself? You're, you're out and about anyway doing things, aren't you? Well, I'm, I am I'm still going to work because I'm, I'm apparently essential. Um, <laughs> so am I, but I'm not allowed to. This uh, is which is, is probably the, one of the hardest things I've got to get used to in this new new world that I'm actually considered essential. Um, <laughs> I, I'm busier than I ever was, really. It is a, a, a weird new world. Yes. Um, it will never and, be the uh, same, I think, after all this is over. Yes, we have we have the podcasting to keep us going, and, and um, obviously it's not just me and you. There's other people we get to talk to as well, oh, which is nice. Perfect segue there. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My mum tells me I'm very trained. <laughs> it's not just about me and you. A special guest once again with us today, desperately trying to alleviate the boredom of self-isolation, social distancing. It's Mark from the Good, the Bad and the Odd podcast. Good morning. Hey, mate. hey, hey. <laughs> Talk for yourself. I'm very happy being isolated. <laughs> this you feels great to me. In fact, I started early, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you volunteered for it. <laughs> yeah, I volunteered. No, I actually, I think I caught it um, about three or four days before the full island. So I was already so isolated about four days ahead of the whole lockdown. So uh, I'm, and I'm better now, but uh, it, yeah, it suits me fine. This is I'm why fine we like you, Mark. You're always one step ahead of the curve, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, today's movie, I can't remember if this was a joint decision. I think maybe it came from you, Mark. I'm not too sure. Was it something we just sort of threw in the hat between us um, and said that? Uh, well, we were talking about Tony Hancock, um, yeah. and I was wondering if Will Hay was a potential sort of, uh, you know, an uh, inspiration or uh, someone that Hancock was kind of emulating because it's a similar vibe. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, and, I, yeah, I think I suggested this. I said, yeah, let's do... Uh, Will Hay, if we're going to do Will Hay, let's do what is his most famous movie, I think probably. So. Yeah, yeah, it's back to 1937 for this one. Now, 
not quite the oldest movie we've reviewed so far. I think that must have been, Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong here, 39 Steps from about 39 19, Steps. 35. 35, that was, wasn't 34, it? 35. 35, so, 35 yeah. yeah. So... As Mark said, it's Oh, Mr. Porter, saying Will Hay, more Marriott, Graham Moffat. Guys, this movie is nearly 85 years old. Right. Now, when we were kids, I'm not sure exactly what both of your memories You saw it are. when you were a kid, I, didn't you? I, I, went, I, went, I went to see when it came out. <laughs> it didn't take long. That was three minutes in. Well done. Um, <laughs> my memory of, of this and sort of the George Formby stuff, Old Mother Riley, even Gracie Fields. I don't remember them as sort of like weekend matinees. I remember these as summer holiday movies being shown in the morning as kids' TV. I don't know about you two. I'm, I'm sure Mark probably does. And yeah, I, I think they were definitely shown during the summer. I've got a feeling BBC used to do whole runs of movies over Christmas now and again. I've yeah. got a feeling there was a Will Hayward. There was definitely, I remember a Marx Brothers one and a Tarzan one, which you oh, never yeah. get now. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a Will Hay one Christmas. You know, they started like the 10th of December and was just sharing one film a day in the morning. That sounds uh, right. Yeah. And I've got a feeling it was one of those. Yeah, Stephen, your memories right. of it briefly. Do you, I mean, yeah, you grew up with. it is really, I think, I think I remember, you know, this and, and other films of it sort of being um, on, like, super early on, a, you know, during the holidays. It's mm. like almost filler or just as a, a sort of get sta- you know, getting started on on the day before the, the you know, the colourfully dressed, um, Idiots got you know came in doing their their um, their shows trying to get kids <laughs> to do paintings and stuff um, and I think so I think that's where you know it was I, I saw a number of them maybe not from the beginning but part way through when you know I, I sort of tuned in early for the next program mm. so but I think that it was mostly in the like you say in the holidays either Christmas or, or summer yeah yeah I think we're all going to have similar sort of memories of when we first saw it and. Have we seen it since we were kids? I have recently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it a few times. This is the first time I've I've seen it in a, a long time. I, I do have vague memories of, of this. I've seen um, the, the Goose Steps Out yes. uh, more recently, but this I haven't seen. Um, no, I don't think I've seen this since I was a kid, so it's, yeah. Okay. I yeah, guess, uh, yeah, looking at this, though, I was looking at Will Ho's filmography, and I realised there's a lot of his films I don't think I've seen, and I thought I had. Yeah. Um, I, Goose Steps Out I saw when I was a kid. That was the last time I saw it. But things like, I don't think I've seen Windbag the Sailor, for example. That's the I just first can't remember one it. with all three of them together. That's the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's the, the first time. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that as we go through, probably. You know, there's there's certain other things that we're going to sort of touch upon because, you know, I, I like boys will be boys and, um, oh, what was the other one? The, the fireman. There's a, one with the fireman. Uh, uh, um... Where, oh, where's the fire? Oh, that's so annoying. There's Convict Night Now with a policeman. Yeah. Is it... Oh, there's Ask a Policeman. It, where's that fire? Ask a Policeman. Where... Yeah. The, yes. I can't remember the title, but I've yeah. seen the film. Yeah. So more memories of Will Hay will come up no doubt as we get chatting about it um, as I just said to you guys before we switch the mics on I'm not sure if there's a trailer out there but not to worry we're going to find something in its place if there isn't we'll be back after this On April the 19th, summertime will start. 
Clock should be adjusted accordingly. There you are. I think we got lots of time. Yeah, that's quite correct. Yeah. Hey, that's addressed to me. Yeah, that's right. Well, what's the idea of opening my letters? Well, I couldn't have told you it was from if I'd known it. Well, the duty, you leave my letters alone, will you? <coughs> to adjust the service to the new time, the 11 o'clock express on this day will run at 12 o'clock summertime. Well, what are we hurrying about? We've got two hours. How do you make out we got two hours? Well, if we put the clocks back an hour and the train's an hour late, that's two hours, isn't it? Hey, you put the clocks forward and the train back. Well, what do we get then? We've got the express coming any minute. Uh, what are you talking about? Listen, if the train's an hour late, how can it be coming now? It's summertime. Summertime? <laughs> the old fool's potty. Summertime or wintertime, if a train's late, it's late. Yeah, that's right. It's like you put the clocks forward. Well, if the clocks go forward, then the train's already gone. No, 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 you put the clocks back. Of course you do. You lengthen the day by taking an hour off the end and sticking it on the beginning. No, 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 you take an hour off the beginning and stick it on the end. That's wintertime. Oh, wintertime, you put them back. Well, that's what I said. Oh, you said you put it back to summertime. Yes, that's right. It ain't. You put the clocks forward and you make the train early. Oh, would you believe it? I know what I'm talking about. You don't put the clocks forward, you put them back. And you put the train back. I see. You put everything back. Yes. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, of course I'm right. The train won't be here for another two hours. Oh, Mr. Porter. Released in the UK 3rd of January 1938, it did get its premiere in 1937, but went on general release early the following year. Directed by a guy called Marcel Varnell, and starring, of course, Will Hay, Moore Merritt and Graham Moffat. The synopsis. A bungling railway worker is given the job of station master at a rundown station in rural Ireland, where his sidekicks are a toothless old gaffer and a portly young loudmouth. Hilarious adventures ensue, including a locomotive chase after gun runners make off with a train. I only watched this probably a year or two back for the first time since I was a kid. And I haven't seen any other Will Hade movies apart from The Goose Steps Out recently since, you know, probably 40 years ago nearly. So I did watch, like Mark, as you were saying, Windbag the Sailor and Ask a Policeman and The Fireman. All of those, The Boys Will Be Boys... Watched them regularly, because I remember like Charles Hawtrey was in a lot of them as a very young child. And it was just a staple of summer holidays, or sometimes even BBC Two at tea time, they'd be that sort of six o'clock screening, if I remember rightly as well. I just want to start off, we've gone back to this movie, pretty much all of us, for the first time in ages. I want initial reactions from the pair of you. I'm going to start with our guest first. Mark, initial reaction going back to this movie for a, for a um, while. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, it's very charming. It wasn't quite as funny as I remembered it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't laugh quite as much as I did, uh, as I thought I, I would, I yeah, should say. Yeah. Um, it's But, but um, they do have a pretty spectacular interaction the three of them oh yeah uh, but they're also kind of funny when they're on their own it, you know will hay tends to be the one on his own when he, you know and he's he's usually blustery when he's mm. dealing with other people but i kind of like the fact that um sort of um our bot always just comes up with like nonsense statements all the time <laughs> people, or you know he's always got something to say about something uh but not in a know it all i just he's always saying something about something he just makes me laugh so uh yeah i uh what the first half i was like mm, this isn't quite as fun as i remember it but yeah. i kind of really started to dig it uh and i got into the headspace of it and and i really enjoyed the second half way more okay steve and your sort of almost initial thoughts on it that you know going back after x amount of years i think it was 
um, wittier than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think previously my memories were based around it being um, from probably from childhood, from watching it and appreciating more the knockabout comedy part of it, yeah. which there isn't as much as I remember in there of it. This is, you know, the, the comedy actually in this is from the witty lines and the use of language mm. um, often with the interactions. And I think that that is where where I missed out as a child, why that would have washed over me, but that's the bits that I'm appreciating now, whereas um, that wasn't what I remembered it for. So it's increased my appreciation of it and of Will Hare, obviously, even though I I was a little bit expecting that due to The Goose Steps Out, which I've seen more recently, but still um, this earlier Will Hare's is, yeah, it's stepped up in my, in my, my appreciation, definitely. For me, I think, as you say, I, I missed, even this time round, I missed some of the one-liners, the very clever witticisms that Will Hay was throwing, or even the insults that he was throwing at the other two. And for me, straight away, I'm thinking music hall background. It was very sort of music hall, that cheeky chappy arms. Sort of oh, yeah, yeah, the snappy dialogue yeah. is all there, right? It's all yeah. there. And that was evident this time round. And even though I watched this fairly recently, a couple of years ago, I still forgot how great the production values were and how much they must have put sort of budget-wise into this because I forgot all about that last act with the windmill and, you know, the tunnel and stuff like that. Uh, Genuinely exciting as well. (laughs) Maybe not the the windmill stuff, but the train stuff I thought was really quite gripping. I was kind of enthralled a bit. Yeah. Did, did anybody sort of check up on budgets and stuff? Because I saw something this morning. I'm just going to quickly try and find it again. It was incredible. I mean, it's it's always in the list of, you know, top 100 British movies and high on the list of top British comedies. Certainly a favourite amongst people of the Will Hay series. I mean, thinking back, guys, is this your favourite Will Hay, do you reckon, from, from what you can remember? think it is but i find quite a lot of them are all about the same standard uh, in <laughs> okay. that they're all high they're all you know it's really close all yeah. of them but i think this one just pips it because uh there's just something about you know the nonsense that's going on the fact that <laughs> um hardbottle's got his undies over the line and you know yeah. stupid little things like that just um, but I mean, the other ones are really, you know, Ask a Policeman and Conflict 99 has still got the same levels to me, anyway. Yeah, Stephen, I mean, c- can you remember if you had a favourite as a kid? Would it have been I, this I one? I think, you know, as I say, I think this is the, the one that I remembered best. I've only got very vague memories of the others, to be perfectly honest. This was the one that I remembered best and was probably partly to do with familiarity. It was shown more um, yeah. in that sense. Um, I mean, I you know have got an appreciation for um, Goose Steps Out just because I've, I've, that's the other one that I've seen um, most often, mm-hmm. um, and obviously there, were, there was an increased production value on that, and um, I think that the story narrative, you know, the narrative and plot and stuff was a bit more cohesive and, and um, expansive. But yeah. um, definitely of, of the ones where there's the three of them, and um, particularly the sort of pre-war ones, this definitely, I think, for me, stands out as being um, the best example of, of what they were doing and, and um, how well they did it. You might be surprised to hear, according to Wikipedia, I've just found it, 
it is not Will Hayes' most successful movie commercially, right? Although it grossed 500,000 at the box office, which is equal to 30 million in modern day money. Mm. <laughs> what did it cost, though? Well, you know, I mean, it must have made a fair bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have cost half a million, would it, at the, at the time? To, to I wonder what his best grossing was. I'm going to guess the goose steps out, given its timing and everything. Possibly. I, I want to say boys will be boys. I, I, that's Maybe. the one that always sticks in my mind whenever I think of it. It's not this one. It's always the teacher, because Will Hay, his career started off on the stage doing this, this school teacher type act. And I think that's how it all developed. I think that's how the film career started, that he sort of recreated that character. Um, but you're certainly right, Mark, when you use the term blustering. He's, he's always got this... It's, it's almost pompous, isn't it? And this blustering sort of persona. Will Hay knows best sort of thing. It's, 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 it's not a bully in any way. But and the, indignation a lot of the time, you know, somebody saying something and, you know, taking exception to it and, you know, having a reply on it and... Um, the sort of stuttering. Well, that's that's the kind of um, yeah, the the trademark almost of it. But um, there's usually some witticism coming in replying that sort of a bit quick fire, like say, which is is music hall, and I think a lot of people misunderstand that music hall was was um, maybe slightly bawdy songs and and people doing that kind of thing rather than it, it being sort of clever humour really yeah. in that way yeah I, I mean the word but even so the word play is very clear I, I like the fact that he comes all blustery but Harbot always got something to undercut him he sort of says yeah but what about yeah, this you know there's always true. something yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the, that stuff with the clocks is pretty gold as well you know it's, it's, gone um, down. it's a classic hasn't it that particular two minute or not even two minutes is it you know the, no it's very short but yeah. it's very fast and you can miss a lot yeah with it. that's what i said i think i missed a lot i might have to go back again because i'm sure there was stuff i missed this time round. some just the asides or the one-liners um let's talk about the trio because that that combination of the three of them is what makes this film work isn't it it isn't just a will hay movie at all no no, um, I mean, I do like Will Hay on his own. He's pretty good, you know, he's, he's good in stuff like The Goose Steps Out and Black Sheep of Whitehall and stuff like that. But he's usually got some sort of sidekick, having said that. Yeah. Uh, but it's these three are the real gold stuff, you know. It's the three of them. They really work well as a... And they're not like any other trio you know, are they? They're not like the Marx Brothers. They're not like the Three Stooges. They're just completely different characters, but kind of get on. They were an influence on Dad's Army, apparently, according to Jimmy Perry I can see or David that. Croft. That, there's a weird connection to Dad's Army. Do you guys know it, this film? I, I do. I do. I don't know if Stephen does. Uh, well, we may as well tell him. <laughs> Is it Arnold uh, this Ridley? Was, this, this film was based on a play called The Ghost Train, yeah. which was also made into a film. Oh, uh, yeah, it was written... written. By um, by what's it who played the real old nun, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Private yeah. Godfrey. Uh, it, yeah. Arthur Ridley Arthur, or Albert Ridley Arnold or something. Ridley. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, Arnold Ridley. Yeah, Arnold Ridley. Um, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, yeah, I could definitely see Dad's army in this. Yes. Yeah, Manrin, Pike, and Godfrey. Yeah, possibly. You know, <laughs> it could well be. But I'm sure and it's a bit more, as you say, rather than the other triple acts that you have with you know Marx Brothers as they became and, and mm. Stooges and stuff um, it's a bit more in the the sense of um, 
the, the traditional um, thing that you've got of the you know the um, the crone, the 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 woman and the maiden sort of thing, where you've got you know you've got the the, the age staging. Yeah. Um, and I think you know that that's something that's been pulled in. Um, and as you said, that, that as a, a triple act, um, they've got uh, this you know the chemistry that that carries through, and it's just applied to different situations. And that was, I think. A mould that has been carried, you know, obviously got carried on with the carry-ons, particularly um, where they were just, you know, applying this, the same kind of um, actors with, you know, different characters in in different sort of popular situations, the police and hospitals or you know train lines or or whatever. Yeah. So I think that there were, you know, this is set a mould in a number of ways, not just with the the character formations, but also that bringing them repeatedly into different situations and, and basically doing the same thing in a way, um, yeah. which I think was why Will, Will Hare sort of, one of the reasons why he moved away from, from working with them exclusively was because he felt it was it, it was about the others more than it was about him, I think. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. But he did a lot of films with them, though. Um, you know, it yeah, took yeah. a while to move on, but I can kind of see it. But um, it feels a bit like his heyday though some people say some of his other films are sort of you know better performances for him but maybe maybe but i just think this trio are kind of gold actually yeah i mean we may have to go back and examine a couple of the other ones at some point but this mm. i think is a very good example it's a good starting point isn't it for people who have not seen a will Hay movie oh yeah 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 if you're not liking this you're not gonna like any of the others no. and if you do You'll probably get some out of the others, uh, not quite as much, perhaps, but close. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not very different from each other in the no. sense of you know. No, even even I don't know. I can't even remember the plot of Ask a Policeman, but I'm sure it must be bumbling policeman foils gang or something. You know, it's got to be pretty much a similar sort of plot. Yeah, pretty much you could sum up every Will Hay film with these three by just imagining uh, Graham Moffat in a different hat. You know, if he's wearing a fireman's hat, it's this. If he's wearing a convict hat, it's that. You know, and so on. Exactly the same, yeah. Um, The surprising thing, for a very British movie, which this is, it's directed by a very French Parisian guy called Marcel Varnell and quickly this morning I checked out his filmography he was responsible for directing pretty much most of the really famous Will Hay stuff along with George Formby and Gracie Fields and funny enough we spoke about The Ghost Train he didn't actually direct The Ghost Train but he did a lot of Arthur Askey movies as well okay mm. okay also a lot of um, Will Hay's uh, films were directed by William Bodine, right? The the famous William One Shot Bodine. Ah, uh, right. So, which probably suits a musical. Someone used to musicals. If you know you're only going to get one shot, you got to, you know, do your that, best. Actually. Yeah, that would be perfectly suited for him, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. The, the production values. We we touched on this a little bit earlier. I mean, were you surprised at particularly the third act? that it suddenly develops into, not not high-tech, but it develops into a completely different sort of movie. Whereas the first two acts are almost like a stage production, it's the three of them doing a musical act almost and interacting with other characters. Mm. The third act suddenly becomes this almost edge-of-the-seat, as you said, Mark, action piece with more sort of slapstick, knockabout visual stuff going on. It's a completely different movie to the first sort of half, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's an action set piece, but they're still playing it for laughs and it's still quite funny, you know, the fact they're trying to burn everything to keep the train running. <laughs> they're burning hard bottles, pants, bottles, <laughs> and it's got smoke in my eyes, it goes, Nah, it's your pants, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um there's all sorts going on in there. Um and it's kind of you know, they're sticking they um um, what's his name? Albert is being threatened with a bayonet at one point, but you know, they're just playing it for laughs, right? And it, I mean, Marx Brothers do the same, don't they? They they just go from slapstick into sort of action y slapstick yeah. sequences, and some Laura and Hardy too. So it's kind of a staple of, of the comedy movie of this time, I think. But they really played it, you know, they it was a good long sequence, wasn't it? There was a lot going on, Stephen, as well, wasn't there? I mean, it wasn't just the train, was it? It was, it was to say, the tunnels, the windmill. Uh, it was just... Yeah, I mean, it it did, it, not in any way that's jarring, but it did, like you say, it shifted from being um, dialogue-based to being, you know, uh, visual action. And obviously for the time, you know, them having the whole thing of them on the windmills and stuff. And I was thinking... They were on the sails of the windmill going around, and I was thinking, well, that'll just be a model, and they'll be just a, <laughs> a, 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 a sort of the black cutouts shot in such a way that you know it looks like people are on there, but then they're they're moving. There's a stumble, uh, isn't it? On, yeah. And yeah. and you're going, oh well, as you know, if it's not them themselves, it's uh, it's just, you know stunt people on on there, and you know that was a, a step beyond what would I would have expected. You know, I would have expected it to be you know like say a budget. Mm. to have um, attempted to do these um, these effects by just doing it as cheap as possible sort of thing or, or getting away with it whereas this was they, they like you, you said they've obviously put budget into actually making these effects and and maybe that's why there was such a a, a dialogue heavy bit and and um, sort of just stage set bit so far through this in order that they had the, the money to be put into the extra bits but um, I think they enhanced the plot and I do think that you know particularly with the, the train sequence When you think about it as well I don't know how familiar you guys are with the George Formby movies but it's a similar sort of template isn't it what's that one? Oh yeah yeah there's the TT That's one That's the one I was thinking uh, of you always get the No Limit is it? Yeah cool. And there's a but there's a few others with George Formby where it becomes a frantic chase at the end. I'm mm. sure there is, and yeah. I've got a feeling there's a couple of Norman Wisdoms along the same lines too, oh, which obviously Norman would have come Wisdom. later. Than yeah. this. every Norman Wisdom possibly. That is. <laughs> but, but yeah, also, he always ends up on some roller skates, you know, top of an ambulance. Top chest, no. yeah, yeah, and you can <laughs> see like. You know, comedies like um, some of us do have them would oh, do yeah. that kind of thing yeah. too, wouldn't it? Right in the, in the in you know sitcom world. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example. Actually, we do get a little bit of um, sort of visual slapstick at the beginning with the um, the water where everybody gets soaked at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. But with the, but that's there's no indication that that's how the you know it's going to run through the film as, as a, a running theme. It then becomes, as we say, this almost like a, a stage act which is great, the interaction with some of the new characters that turn up. And, and I'll tell you what I, I forgot as well. The, the actual plot is to do with gun running to the Irish Free State. Yes. Yeah. This is it. It was, it was it, I, you know, I, I was going, you know, there was sort of talking about it in terms of, of the gun running and it was like criminals. And then it was apparent then that it wasn't just that there were criminals. It was that it was, and the whole Irish thing was going on. I was thinking, well, that's, that's, I think that's a bit. It's a quite bit, interesting now. They sidestepped, here, really. sidestepped all that politics just by saying, "Ah, oh, they're gun runners." Yeah, right, okay. 
yeah, I was thinking, I remember, I think when I was a kid, because like, when I was a kid, the bombings were happening, right? Yeah, cool. It's like, oh, it's about that. Okay. Mm. But then when you're a kid, it's like, okay, mm. that's just life, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you two a question? Are you two any the wiser as to what a wheel tapper actually is? I I actually do know what a wheel tapper oh, is. Yeah, I, think. I do as well, yeah. <laughs> if on. it goes thud, it's thud to... <laughs> It's a bit like a bomb tester. If you hit the top, if it doesn't go off, it's a dud, right? <laughs> <laughs> the clarity of the ring, isn't it? That if it makes sure there's no imperfections in it, like cracks, right, um, yeah. as soon as we have a bell sort of thing. So you can you can detect from, from tapping on it whether there's a crack in the wheel. And if there is, then obviously it's not safe to be running a, a massive heavy train on. Um, I suppose, uh, you know, with me being local to the um, National Railway Museum, it's kind of, of and from a, a railway family. Um, I suppose that might be a bit more something I picked up early on. <laughs> yeah, and, it, uh, and the linesman does the same to the tracks, I think, or oh, something like that. Oh, I can't it, really yeah. remember. Yeah, because something like that. Remember that show in the seventies, Mark? I'm not sure if Stephen. Wheel Mark, Tappers and Shunters. Yeah, the Wheel club. Tappers and Shunters Social Club with Bernard Manning and can't remember the guy that rang the bell. Colin. Yeah. Oh, it was a variety show. Hat. Yeah. Yeah. There was a variety show, Stephen, in it was the early 70s, and it was set in a fictional northern social club called the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Social Club. And Rings a bell. Yeah, the host generally was either Bernard Manning, I think Mike Reed might have done it for a little while, Norman Vaughan, those sorts of people, and they did introduce variety acts set in this Like fiction. the Three Degrees and comedians yeah, and be, quite famous it? singers. It's quite yeah. impressive. I think like, oh, I'm sure it'll be on Talking Pictures TV on a Sunday night at some point. <laughs> Matt Munro appeared on it, you know. Or yeah, I remember, this, this is a bit of a confession, uh, so I was about 10 when this was on and I remember watching, it was on flight on a Friday I think, yeah. um, and it, well, one one time, Bernard Manning goes, there for the stripper. And uh, <laughs> the stripper comes on. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it cut to adverts. And then when it came back, it was like the stripper was over. And I'd watch it every week after that, just in case they had a stripper on. It was bad, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want Bernard Manning doing the stripping? Nah. I've got, um, I've got a funny feeling that there's not going to be much activity in the Village Hall of Fame this week, Stephen. Not a lot of activity, no. Uh, we've got uh, a second appearance from Percy Walsh, who okay. was previously in um, Scott the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, Beatrice Varley, who was the landlady in, in, in the film, mm-hmm. um, in the pub, she um, makes it into the Village Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Um, from being in Wicked Lady and Tail Drivers. Wasn't expecting um, anybody this week. Well done. Oh, brilliant. Um, was there and then any? We, was, then we sorry, also have on. Frederick Piper, who is making it makes his seventh appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he? Exactly. This is what we he say was, every week. Um, he was. He was one of the um, the the people in the railway office to begin with. That were the, they were um, before he was sent off to um, to Northern Ireland. Um, he was one of the the railway lead better. Um, yeah, lead better. That's it. So yeah, and he's been in. He was in everything. I've now. just seen his filmography. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thirty Nine Step, Dunkirk. Um, Passport. I think he was in Lavender Hill Mob. I think yeah. as well. And oh yeah, and, and you see a picture of his face, and it's not instantly recognisable as as usual, as we've always said. So we have got a new inductee today. A new inductee, yeah, Beatrice Barley. Well done. 
Wow. Well done, Herr. Did I mean Val Guest was you know who's famous for all sorts of other stuff? It was one of the screenwriters. I don't know if screenwriters go in or Sometimes, I don't know how Val Guest yeah. is doing. What but we he's do, got a lot of fingerprints over British cinema. Yeah, what we do is if there's somebody that is very notable, you know, I mean, didn't we say people Basil like, Dearden? Basil Dearden as a director, or we sort of mm. said the um, the Bolton Brothers or Michael Balkan or something like that that has had a massive influence on the history of British cinema, they will get a mention. I think sometimes there may even be a composer may crop up at some point or definitely screenwriters yeah. and stuff like that, you know. Oh, um, dear Billy Wells. <laughs> but yeah, you know the guy that bangs the gong for rank? Between 1945 yeah. and 1955, Bombardier Billy Wells. Well, he's in the Hall of Fame. We're counting him. Oh, of course. <laughs> nice. We've nice. got to go back because we're not actually sure how many times. Is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got to double check that. But because we're so far in advance with our recordings, Mark, if, you know, you'll be catching up with sort of our conversation that Stephen and I have had over the last few weeks. Uh, okay. The Hall of Fame has gone out of control. Um, yeah, it's gone mad. Yeah, well, Stephen bless him, has, has put in hours and hours of work coming up with this spreadsheet that I don't know how it works. And, <laughs> and I mean, Stephen, how many inductees are there now, mate, roughly? Um, I, I think it's currently um, 152. Bloody hell. <laughs> in 60 and, episodes. And a number of them are people who've been in, like, you know, seven times or eight times, and we've got somebody who's now made it to ten appearances. So. And we still uh, wouldn't recognise him if he jumped up and bit us on the bum, mate, basically, because yeah. it's incredible. It's, we, we, Stephen also has made some graphics that I'm going to put up onto the Facebook group and onto Twitter as, like, little Hall of Fame photos, because we now, pr- well, Stephen has pretty much got a handle on this now, and we now know who's there when they appeared, when they were inducted. Uh, but we've we've created a bit of a monster, Stephen, haven't we, with, with our criteria, you <laughs> yeah. know, just three appearances. And yeah, part of me wishes we'd decided on five appearances rather than three, but um, still it would be quite a bulky number <laughs> of inductees, even at five. But we still, um, you know, John, John Mills only went in a couple of episodes ago, or I don't even think Alec Guinness is in there. You know, it's the big names that we were expecting are still waiting in the wings. Which is, you know, yeah. it just goes to show what the, the British movie sort of industry was was based on. It was these character actors mainly that were in absolutely everything. Victor Harrington is is our is our top of the tree at the moment, isn't he, mate? I think. And um, yeah, and we, you know, we're always eulogising about um, Marianne Stern, <laughs> yeah. uh, bless her, um, because she played so many different levels of part as well. Where she, you know, she was actually. Um, you know, she in one film she'd be playing the, the Grand Duchess, and in the next film she'd be playing um, some Bar-made gypsy woman. Thank yeah. out of her mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we and, thought the Queen would be um, Joan Hickson at one point, didn't we? We thought Joan Hickson. The, the Hickson, the yeah, Hickson. the Hickson. <laughs> but it's incredible. Yeah, it just still fascinates me even today. As I say, to get an inductee today. Mm. So it's a, it's a beast. It is, and um, as we've said, it's the it's the it's the big actors that have made British cinema really, um, and and literally supported it. <laughs> There's uh, the the bit actors in this film are mostly non 
well, the, I was going to say non-entities, but mm. like the bad guys are not, no, nothing, blank slates, right? But there's a couple of good ones. There's, um, I really like the old postman who keeps saying, you're wasting your time. <laughs> um, I think we should have that as a sound clip somewhere. I'll find it. I'm going to find some drops <laughs> and to put also, For people uh, who are listening to tell them that they're wasting <laughs> their time. <laughs> you What are you doing then? I'm standing here watching you wasting your time. That way. Um, and there's also the, when he stops a train just to stop a train and the guy that gets off and gives him trouble uh he's pretty good as well that's quite a nice little minute of uh interplay you know where he's basically telling him off and will hayes going ah this is an important station all that um but otherwise everyone else is pretty neutral aren't they well you're um, talking about like funny lines and things like that i had to write this down the resignation letter that they read out near the Oh, that beginning. was the best resignation letter ever. Um, I'm going to use that. I, I may read this out, or I may just actually insert the clip here at this point. But the wording of it is, Dear Sir, since coming to this district, I've discovered that I'm Napoleon Bonaparte, and since you refuse to transfer me to Waterloo, I resign. P.S. Please forward all letters to Moscow. I intend to retreat there. Yeah. <laughs> See, that is a resignation letter. <laughs> absolutely brilliant i mean is there any other any other favorite lines or fa- favorite scenes that sort of instantly come to mind if you were to you know sort of recommend um, this to people oh well uh, before we get into like the, the comedy stuff i just mm. want to make a note that the intro titles reminded me of the intro of get carter <laughs> which was weird right that's true actually yeah the moving train the, the camera looking it's out the window the moving train yeah. looking forward <laughs> which they reused again at the beginning of the ghost train which is kind of not quite a remake of this but they're ba- re- basically i think a lot of the one at least one of the screenwriters in this also screenwrote the ghost train with arthur Esky, which Did you know based Frank on the same play yeah. and that uses i i checked it i haven't seen it watched the film but i checked the first few minutes and it uses the same intro sort of you know trains going down uh, the line well for people that are interested in this sort of thing here we go wikipedia again the title sequence uses scene shot at a variety of locations on the waterloo to southampton railway line and also between mays hill and greenwich funny enough mark um <laughs> according to john huntley in his book railways on screen that's a, that's going to be an interesting read the editor reversed his <laughs> negative at one stage in preparing the title backgrounds causing them to come out reversed on the final print Right, that's that's to do with the trains. How about this? This will interest you, Mark, with your your love of horror. The scene in which Porter travels to Buggles Kelly by bus whilst being warned of a terrible danger by locals parodies that of the Todd Browning film Dracula. Funny enough, it made me think of the old Dark House. Yes, <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, I can see the Dracula thing. Nice, mm. nice. Yeah, and I did read. I did read in the the trivia about the. Um, train sequences where there's one of the bits where they um they in order to make it less risky mm. um, and safe to do so the they've done the whole shooting the, the train um and then running backwards and then they've actually um because you see the the switch of the lines yeah. um changes over the wrong way because um and it's a reversal which is you know considering we've not so long ago done um, bad day at Black Rock, where that was done as far as um, reversing the footage of a, of a train reversing rather than going forwards. It's yeah. obviously that, that, that ingenuity um, in this stage of cinema. So, what's the um, reason for it's that? Something is it to be recognised. Is it to slow it down and then <coughs> the, the film then it's, reverse it's, and split it's, up? It's or because, you know, the, the, sh- the, the way they shoot in the, uh, as with Black Rock, yeah. um, because of the speed of the, the train going and, and being able to film it safely. 
um, filming it going backwards. going backwards. So if there's anything happens, you're, you're falling behind the train rather than in front of it. Got, yeah. So but the, the, the switch of the light, you see the lines and the, the switch over um, and it switches the opposite way to what it would would do if it was about to oh, go on okay. to you see so um, oh, it's just in the trivia yeah. um, and you know I didn't read it until after I'd watched the film so I couldn't spot whereabouts in the film that happened yeah. um, but certainly um, the, you know like you you were saying about um, with dialogue bits mm. that I think when he's he's in the, he's in the bar and he's trying to um, discuss with the the people who want to go on the train and he's and to different destinations and he's trying to actually um baffle them by saying about who's going to Belfast, who's going to Dublin and what would you do with a cork? Um, <laughs> um it's that you know, that sort of um quick quick dialogue and um is I think quite indicative of this, you know, the this humour in this film. Yeah, it's to say that we, we spoke about the the, the music hall, you know, roots, particularly of Will Hay, and and it based on, based on the ghost train. It's, it's very loosely based on the ghost train, though, guys. Isn't yes, it for those very. that remember it? It's not. There's no real link, really, to it from what I can remember, because that was more about people trapped in the train station overnight, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's a stretch to say this was based on the play. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a it's an int- yeah. Mm. Uh, <sighs> Going back to your question about what the favourites, it's kind of hard to pick out. But I mean, mm. there's some really class ones. There's the clock stuff. There's the yeah. I like that stuff. You know, what's that burning smell? It's, it's all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, the whole basically, there's a whole section, isn't there, which just runs into each other. Like it gets there, the clock stuff. He falls asleep. Then they go straight to the breakfast one. Then he's dealing with the farmer that wants his pigs back, and they've eaten five of them That's and right, stuff like yeah. that but then he and he's trying to bamboozle him isn't he you know he's sort of saying no you can only get in what you take out that's that's uh, that's the railway law you know all that sort of stuff um, and then he persuades him his farm's on fire so uh, end of problem it. right <laughs> and, and fair play to for, for Will Hay for rattling off that Welsh town name at the beginning. Yeah, as well. wow, yes. <laughs> uh, there's also some goofy sight gags, like they spell out the name quite nicely, the name of the village oh. in Y, but they spell it wrong. They've got two Ks and one L. It says, yeah, take one of the Ks, because he's got 13 letters and it's unlucky, so we can lose one of the Ks. <laughs> and then it was wrong anyway. Yeah. So and the postman comes and harasses them and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. He's laughing at them. Um uh, I was quite impressed with the whole train stuff, though. The crash at the end looked real to me. Um, mm-hmm. The explosion didn't, but the, the crash, you know, when it went into the siding or whatever it was, um, that looked pretty like they did it for real to me. Yeah. I think they did. Well, they may have done. Who knows? I mean, the production values on this, as we sort of touched upon, is is, is incredible because what starts off, as we said, as a pretty basic sort of stage-bound sort of comedy develops into this knockabout slapstick with mm. a lot of great little set pieces on like we say the, the windmill as Stephen said they, they were stuntmen you know that wasn't a model there wasn't cardboard cutouts they, they've actually gone to the trouble of getting a second unit or whatever to film these real action sequences and, and whether the trains were being filmed running backwards or whatever they still had to get you know a, a whole load of coordination to get these these things on film I absolutely loved it this time round. What about you guys? I mean, I, I, I take it we, we all chuckled at the same things and, and really enjoyed it this time. 
overall yeah i really enjoyed this one i do like this one uh in fact i've ordered the wheel hay collection because i just want to start going through them all uh, again and yeah. some of them i'm not i don't remember if i've seen uh but i would like to sort of revisit as much as possible i've watched a few i've been watching on to- on the channel talking pictures they have a few mm. uh so i've watched a few i watched for example the black sheep of whitehall uh oh, where yeah. john mills is the sidekick oh, uh, right. funny enough and he does a passable kind of harpo marks kind of stuff uh, which is kind of interesting watching John Mills do that. Um, uh, but I want to get into the rest of them based on yeah. this. So yeah, yeah I, I saw that box set is quite cheap now, isn't it? So uh, it is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen in your rating system, we'll do yours first, mate. How would you promote this film to people that have, or haven't seen it? Oh, absolutely. People who enjoy, um, enjoy normal wisdom, even though it's more visual gag, humour rather than um, sort of witty lines um, but also enjoy things like um, the early carry-ons and, and stuff and the Marx Brothers etc absolutely this fits in and, and should be more appreciated than it actually is for its formative um, presence um, in influencing other humour as well as really you know in itself being worthwhile and I do think this is you know one of the if not the best example one of the best examples of, of Will here and um, of the best of, of the kind of humour of the time as well, pre-war um, comedy films. So I think people, you know, should. There's nothing offensive in in this at all for anybody um, across the board. I mean, we sometimes have um, some older values in in older films, mm-hmm. where there's you know, ref, you know, some of the, the language that's used about uh, minorities or, or whatever is is, or even women is, is sometimes uh, a bit. On you know less PC now to what we used to, but in this it's all it's all innocent humour and there's enough in it for everybody to be able to get something out of this. I I think if they're willing to give it a go, yeah. so absolutely have a have a, a an eye out on Talking Pictures TV and you know it might get um there might be this or one of the other Will Hurt ones might be out there for you to be able to pick up on and start your journey hmm. um, of that. Um, definitely you know there's there's always a chance that. Um, you know, they might be highlighted on one of the um, fabulous Talking Pictures TV podcasts um, to, oh, to highlight it to you when it's coming out. Um, I wonder who hosts but, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, but um, I think this, you know, it, it's it is I think forgotten. Um, we'll hear for a lot of people, and as we you know experienced as kids, we could enjoy parts of it and then we're appreciating it in a different way now we're older so i think that you know people who are younger and people who are older should both be able to get something out of this and it's just a matter of giving it a go really yeah yeah i i personally think this is possibly the best british comedy of the 30s um, I always, when I think of British comedies, it's always this particular one because mm-hmm. I think I've seen it the most. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the crazy gang comedy, Gas Bags, which actually might oh, be the 40s now I've said yeah, it. I'm not absolutely ages. sure. Yeah. Um, um, but this one is the standout British comedy for me. Yeah. As I say, I always sort of lump these together with George Formby and Old Mother Riley and Gracie Fields. It was all that sort of 30s comedy the Gracie Fields were more musical than comedy but they were all shown at the same time in my memory that sort of summer holiday period and when I went into this I was thinking that it was going to be a bit more appealing to kids 
and the, the comedy is quite adult. There is the slapstick, there is the one-liners, but a lot of it is very clever, and you have to be quite alert to catch everything because it can be a little bit fast-paced with the dialogue, and it's like, oh, I, I missed that. Was that funny? I can't remember. We can't work out what he said there. I think kids will still like it because there's enough mm-hmm. in there to, um, I think. Yeah, I liked it as a kid, but it was old-fashioned when I was a kid, so never mind about now. Um, <laughs> but I always liked it. But there's, you know, there's just little lines that appeal to kids like, you know, like I say, I've got smoke in my eyes. Yeah, that's your pants. That would make a kid laugh, yeah. for sure. But um, I, Yeah, but my memory was that it was, oh, it was more more childlike than it was. Um, yeah. It, and, and as Stephen said, it appeals across the ages, pretty sure that, you know, you can watch this if you're eight or 80, no problem whatsoever. Um, but I was just impressed at how polished the script was in, in this particular instance. Yeah. There's just, I think there's a lot of appeal to everyone, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, the old, the old, the cheeky old fella will make kids laugh too, but also <laughs> make everyone else laugh, right? <laughs> Definitely. Okay, guys, that was Oh, Mr. Porter, 1937. Mark, would you like to come back, sir? We'd love to have you back with us. Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll have a little chat about what we're going to be watching next time. Okay, guys, next time I've kept you in the dark. I haven't actually told you. I sort of teased a little bit about what I was going to bring to you when all three of us are together. What I want to do, I want to do two movies, but but don't fret. They're not particularly long. They're about 55 minutes, 60 minutes long, each one. One's from 1971, one's from 1976. And the reason I'm, I'm choosing two movies is because I want a more general discussion about the company that made them. Any ideas? I think Mark, uh, Mark might have. Children's Film Foundation? Children's Film Foundation. I'm thinking I just need to pick two examples and, and discuss the whole the whole Children's Film Foundation phenomena. You know, Saturday morning pictures, these movies that certainly me and Mark grew up on Stephen how familiar are you with them it was yes very slightly before my time but yeah. I was aware of them yeah. um, but I don't I wasn't really um, there for when it, they were sort of in their prominence yeah so. so what I've chosen is I've chosen a kids fantasy type one about a giant rabbit called Mr Horatio Nibbles from 1971 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got vague memories of it. I think it scared me more than anything, so we're going to watch that. But a typical sort of children's film foundation movie would be a bunch of kids having an adventure, foiling some group of bank robbers or some big organisation or something like that. So it's a bit of an eco-warrior one from 1976 called The Battle of Billy's Pond. or Sorry, The Battle for Billy's Pond. I've got copies of both of those, so I can get them to you if you can't find them online, because I don't know if they're out there or not. But I've got this wonderful box set. It's got about 20 on them, twenty of them on there. Um, wow. Yeah. So I'm going to sort of sort of reminisce with the pair of you and, and just sort of have a little dig into the background of it as well, because I think it's quite a fascinating story of how it was all set up and what it became and why it actually was 
was something that was so important for the British film industry. I think we need to sort of touch on this at some point because it's not all ealing comedies and carry-on movies. There's, there's, there's more. Yeah, and we, we can talk about Saturday morning, the phenomena of yes. Saturday morning pictures as well, right? Yeah, definitely. So I'm just hoping that might just open up a different sort of conversation next time you're here, mate, if that's okay. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good to me, yeah. Mark, before you go, the good, the bad and the odd, where can people listen to you, mate? Oh, the good, the bad, and the odd dot com. It's on all good and bad and oh. odd places you can get well podcasts. Um, so yeah, um, carrying on. We're we're changing our format a little. We're we're kind of um, uh, we instead of doing a one film a show, we're mm-hmm. kind of going to move more into what we call the comfy chair yeah. episodes, which is discussing a set of films or TV shows. Um, we're also sort of uh, pairing now with doing shows about entire runs of a certain seasons. Mm. Uh, for example, we're about to record. Well, by the time this gets out, it'll probably be long, long done and out. <laughs> uh, we're doing Star Wars Rebels season three, for example. Okay. Uh, and but we're watching certain things on Netflix as well. So we're going to try and do stuff that people can get very easy access to as well yep. plus i always do a show about anthology tv mm-hmm. uh, as you've guessed it on, haven't you? on for the, the um, tales of the unexpected yeah tales of the unexpected. and we did talk about you coming on to talk about the entire season one at some point and i want to oh, yes. catch you about that yes. after this okay um so yeah, the good, the bad, and the odd. Just just look on any sort of podcast delivery system. I think we're on Stitcher. I never checked, but I think we're on Stitcher as well. Um, so our shows are fairly punchy and brief. They're not, you know, they're not very taxing. Um, and certainly the anthology ones tend to be somewhere between seven or eight minutes and fifteen minutes, so they're not particularly long. Yeah. Unless I have a guest like Scott on, where it becomes much more it fantastic, shut up. It shut up, longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Um, uh, but I just got a quote. What was that? There was one line in in this film I just got to remind us all of, which is, was it? Everything around is too old or doesn't work like you. Um, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> what, nice, Scott. What, what are you saying? The pair of you look, don't agree with just him, for saying. God's sake, Steve. <laughs> On that note, Stephen, thank you for being here as well, sir. It's my pleasure as usual. Mark, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And see you both very soon. Bye. Take care. Bye. Absolute shah. A positive shah. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you.
the British end up, sir. <laughs> 